I'm your average everyday American citizen who cares about his country and the people in it. I care about the world and the way the world views America. Given these trying times that America faces today, I like to look at the issues and attack them with an objective mind. So maybe one day I won't feel so blue in this red state. Hello, this is Eric Gerritsen on Feeling Blue in a Red State. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we talked. I had to do a little moving. I think I mentioned that on the last episode that I was in the process of moving. Well, um, we got, kind of got all settled in here, so um, now we can start doing these a little more regularly. Um, in, the, in the future, one of my plan is to um, have a specific date where I release one every week, um, at least one week, if not two, depending on how fast the news cycle goes. The news kind of s- slowed down a little bit, um, with the change in president, so that's uh, it's been a little slower. But uh, with the midterms coming up now and um, the steady diet of atrocities that happen on a daily basis, I think I'm, uh, there's enough material to do two a week probably. I'm thinking I'll probably do one maybe on Tuesday and then one on Friday maybe. Kind of kind of the plan anyways, so that way people know when to come in and check it out. Um, uh, on another housekeeping note, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Brian Nixon, he's a musician, also um, he's a pastor, and um, he just released a, a new single. Uh, you can check it out on Spotify if you just type in Brian, it's B-R-I-A-N, and then Nixon, N-I-X-O-N. Um, and the song is called A Little Glimpse, and it's it's fantastic. If you haven't uh, heard Brian, um, go in and check him out. Uh, his other songs are on there too um, that he recorded years ago, but um, the new one is called A Little Glimpse, and it's fantastic um so i recommend anybody that uh likes you know progressive christian music or i mean it's i mean it's a rock sounding kind of uh kind of like maybe like an upbeat elton john song or something like that he's he's a very gifted piano player he's got a very good voice and it's a song that he wrote it's called a little glimpse go in and check it out it is worth it is worth the four minutes you'll spend listening to it because it is outstanding All right, now to get into what we're going to talk about, and, it, and it's, an, it's a subject that it's, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here. It's something I kind of hoped I'd never really have to talk about again, but in a recent, in a recent, uh, some of the recent statistics or some new statistics have been recently uploaded into the the universe, the web, or whatever. And um, and when I read them, I was <clears throat> I was kind of disheartened. I I, I kind of was hoping maybe we were getting a little better on this, but um, it's, and I'm awful tired of talking about guns, which is what this is about again. Um, I don't, I don't, it's hard, it's hard to start on where to even begin with this, with this, because it's, it, it seems like it's a never ending problem in this country. We're, we're like the only country that just, we just can't get this right. Even though there are plenty of other countries that are getting it right, that we could model our stance, you know, we could model our legislation around. We could we could go over and look at the UK or, or Australia. We're allies with both of them. They would let us in, and they would let us see how they do it. And then we just need to, we just need to parrot what they're doing and what they're saying. I, I understand these are two vastly different areas, but but they're doing it. You know, and they don't have they don't have the problems we have, and it's alarming how much different it is. Even in Canada, I mean, we could go up there and and see what they're doing because it's 
it's so much different here than anywhere else. Um, and a couple of, a couple of these statistics really, really, really stuck. They, um, I don't know. They're just, I, I can't believe they're true, but I had to like, you know, go in and look at other sources just to make sure. But each day, 12 children die from gun violence in America and another 32 are shot and injured that every day, 12 families lose a child. And then another 32 of them are in a hospital, you know, hoping that they don't die every day. Guns are the leading cause of death among American children or American teens. I'm sorry. One out of every 10 gun deaths are 19 or younger in the U S there have been 2,032 school shootings since 1970. Alarmingly, 948 school shootings have taken place since the tragedy at Sandy Hook, which was just in 2012. So almost 1,000 since Sandy Hook. Since the historic attack at Columbine High School in 1999, nearly 3,000, or I'm sorry, 300,000 students have been on campus during a school shooting. 300,000 kids have been at a school that's been shot at. I, I don't know how to get people to care about this. I know there are half of you care about this, but then there's the other half that just think that there's just nothing we can do about that. There's just no solution to this problem. But there is a solution to this problem. There are several solutions to this problem. But we reject them because we think that we have this unfettered right to own weapons of war. And, and I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. People bring up amendments. People bring up amendments, and, and I just want I just want to go insane. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about amendments now. Um, let's we're gonna at first though we're gonna talk about the First Amendment. And the First Amendment states, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Pretty straightforward, right? Okay, okay. There are nine categories in which there are exceptions to this law ex um, exclusively during or when you're practicing free speech. So there is um, the exceptions to free speech are um, incitement, fraud, obscenity, child pornography, provoking a fight, threatening threat the president's life, false advertisement, violation of intellectual property, and then also like restricted government and officials like classified information and whatnot. Those, so th there are exceptions to the first amendment, but people that argue the amendment say, Nope, the second amendment says this, and there's no exception. There's no exception, but that's not, but that's not really the case. That's not, that's not how any of the other amendments are looked at. The only one that's looked at that, that way is the second amendment that we just have this unfettered right to carry any weapon we want. And I think a lot of people are uh, mistaken when they think of what the what the Second Amendment actually says, because what the Second Amendment actually says and um, and how it's interpreted are two vastly different things. The actual verbiage in the Second Amendment says a well-regarded militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, 
the rights of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So that what they're saying is that each state has a right to a well-regulated militia that uh, can keep and bear arms. Now, a well-regulated militia doesn't say is everybody. It just, every state does have a National Guard. That's a well-regulated militia. That's what it's for. And our National Guards have guns, okay? But it doesn't say anything in here about everybody, anybody over 18 can just have a gun and just walk around with it. It doesn't say that. So, when and plus there there can be exceptions like like we just talked about in the First Amendment the the First Amendment the freedom of speech is there's like I said there's nine exceptions to that rule why can't we make exceptions uh, for the Second Amendment just in case just to clear up any any confusion we can say so the National Guard's allowed to have guns but like regular citizens are, you know are not allowed to have AR-15s that you know. An AR-15 was designed to shoot 500 yards, to be able to shoot 500 yards uh, and hit somebody in the head and have it be able to pierce through a helmet and kill a man dead with one shot. Now, why anybody thinks they need that uh, just in their house is, is beyond me. Why somebody thinks that that's what they need to protect themselves and their family why is that the gun that the, the thing is, is it's capable of holding a magazine that can hold, I mean, uh, hold way more bullets than you would ever need. People, they like to blur the lines on this. They're like, well, what about hunting? What about hunting? We've, I've been hunting for my entire life. And you know what? That's fine. Hunting rifles. You don't hunt with an AR-15. You don't hunt with a pistol. You hunt with a, you know, a shotgun or Maybe a high-powered rifle, depending on what state you live in. Here in the state of Iowa, which is where I live, that you're not allowed to hunt with a high-powered rifle. You just use a shotgun or a bow, or you can use a muzzle loader. And and fine, whatever. Those are fine. But but you, you don't. I don't think there's any state where it's just you just go out with an AR-15 and go hunting deer or whatever, um, which is what they mainly hunt here in Iowa. Uh, there are only three countries on the planet right now that have gun rights in their constitution to us, Mexico and Guatemala. Those are the only three countries. Now, I don't know if anybody's ever been to Mexico or Guatemala, but those places are, are riddled with violence. Um, and so is here. We're the only three countries that have it. And we're like number one, two, and three on gun violence charts. I don't think that's a coincidence, guys. I don't think it's a coincidence, but let's, and, and I don't, and I hate this argument. Well, we, we, it's just, there's nothing that can be done. We just got to live with it. But there, but that's not right because let's go, let's, let's look at something else. Let's, let's look at, uh, uh, let's say, uh, let's look at, okay. Drunk driving in 1985, 41% of all fatalities, uh, were drunk drivers. Then mothers against drunk driving came. We had a little bit of activism. We increased, we increased the penalties for DUI. And um, we started, you know, patrolling for DUIs. And and within 10 years after focusing on it and then creating laws to help protect people from drunk drivers, it went down to 32%. That's a gigantic, that's almost a 10% decrease. That's a gigantic decrease. Now, do people still drink and drive? Yes. Do people still die from drunk driving? Yes. But the whole point is they mitigated 
the dangers. They lowered the the probability that you are going to die from a drunk driver, being hit by a drunk driver. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about gun laws and we're, what we're trying to do here. We know, and you know, because we always hear, well, you know, gun laws don't take, you know, criminals don't follow laws and blah, blah, blah. You know what? Yeah, we know that. We know that. And um, is it going to stop all, are gun laws going to stop all gun violence? No, they're not. Nobody's saying that. That's, those are just, that's the way that the, the gun advocates argue. They, what they do is they just take, they take one thing and then they just repeat it over and over and over again until, you know, until they just, until it makes it look like you're the one that's crazy. And, it, and it's really, really fucking annoying. Um, I, I'm going to, we're going to talk about that a little bit later too, with somebody that I got into it with on Twitter. Um, but anyways, so, so we know that gun laws are not going to stop all gun violence. We know that, but the point is that maybe it'll stop some, maybe it'll stop. If we get a 10%, decrease in gun violence that is 4500 people that's 4500 lives saved every year 4500 that's more than 911 that's a lot of people that you can save just and that's if you only decrease it by 10% but statistics globally show that an increase in gun laws the gun laws that I wish they would do are like uh, the ones they do in like the UK and in uh, Australia and now Canada, uh, they would decrease it a lot more. It would be like a 75% decrease. Now, when you're talking a 75% decrease, you're talking about tens of thousands of lives being saved every year, every year. So, so yes, we know gun laws are not going to stop all gun violence. And we know that there are still going to be some that get it, get through, you know? Yes. Criminals will still get guns sometimes, but it's not really at the, at the rate that you guys think that they're going to get them. Because an example, what I mean by this is if, if you make it illegal to go buy a gun, like a certain guns, then it is really hard to obtain those guns. Can you still? Maybe. But let's, let's look at school shooters specifically. Well, school shooters and mass shooters in particular. Okay. Let's look at um, let's look at the mass shooter in Colorado that shot up the the theater and you know the guy that thought he was the Joker. Um, it's safe to say that, that guy had some you know some problem like some mental problems. Of course, they all do. Anybody that goes and does this is going to have obviously mental problems. But he was you know he was uh, he did he had a hard time like you know making friends. Like he wasn't a um, he, he had a hard time communicating with the general public and he just, he wasn't like a social, he had social anxiety and social, he had social issues. Um, they got the kid from Sandy hook had Asperger's disease, which I'm not saying that that made, made him a killer, but, but he also had problems communicating with society. Now I'm not sure if anybody's ever been to the black market or, you know, been on the internet and the dark web and what, what I'm getting at here is that in order to buy a gun when it's not legal you have to get it off the black market you have to go you have to go find people so you have to have some sort of social skills with cd people and and i just don't i think it would be very hard for those people in particular and most school shooters uh, because most of them have social issues which is why they're angry enough to do this 
they wouldn't be able to because you have to be able to to obtain these guns from people so you have to generate some sort of trust and if you're acting sketchy and and you know socially anxious people on people on the black market are not going to sell you a gun the reason they stay out of jail is because they only that you know they have a very uh, very careful vetting process before they deal with anybody you can't just go down to a port and holler guns and then expect somebody to just come up to you with and you know sell you a gun illegally but right now you can order one i mean you can just go you can go to walmart and buy one and so it's very easy for anybody even people with mental health issues to just go buy a gun and bullets and and go you know use it wherever they want to so to so Yes, bad guys will still get guns, but not all bad guys will be able to. Not all bad guys will be able to. And like I said, the school shooters and mass shooters specifically are almost always not going to be able to get a gun because they don't have the social skills to develop a trust that on the black market where people will will sell them a gun. And now let's move to cost. AR-15s right now cost you know depending on which brand you get you know and, and the quality of weapon that you get but anywhere i mean you can get them as cheap as 800 bucks and you know some of them you know are you know a couple thousand three thousand dollars but either way on the black market right now which i had to go look um just to see what just to see what they're going for at the auction sites i didn't see one cheaper than thirty five thousand dollars $36,000 upwards of 50 to $60,000 is what an AR-15 is going for on the black market. Now, most people can afford $800, but but that number of people that can afford a weapon that costs $35,000 is a lot lower than than the uh, $800 that somebody pays now. So, it's harder to get them. Harder to afford them. And then you and then you run into the problems, and you're gonna have to find bullets. Now, if a gun's illegal, you're not gonna—they're surely not gonna sell bullets for it. So then you gotta buy those on the black market too, at an inflated, heavily inflated rate. I'm sure. The more illegal something is, the more it costs because there's more dangerous. It's more dangerous to try to get it here. There's more risk, and more measures have to be taken, which all cost money. So you're look. The whole, the whole, uh, you know, defense of the Second Amendment saying, well, all you're doing is taking guns out of the hands of, uh, you know, law-abiding citizens. And yeah, it does do that. But, but it also does take guns away from criminals, too. Now, the ones that already have them, well, we just got to get, we got to do a sweep through and get all these weapons off the street. Now, some, some will get slipped through the cracks, surely. But like I said, we're not going to be able to end, end all gun violence. But if, but the point is to mitigate the danger. That's the point. So the uh, and anyways, the whole well, gun laws don't stop you know gun violence. Like gun laws don't stop. Well, laws don't work because criminals don't follow the law. Well, that is true of every fucking law. People, I mean, listen to what you're saying. Gun laws don't work because criminals don't follow the law. Okay, well, neither do drug laws because. Criminals don't follow the law. Neither do laws against murder because criminals don't follow the law. Guys, obviously, they're criminals. They're not going to follow the law. But the point is to 
maybe make them think twice to, there is a determent to crime. The, like you lock your doors in your house every night. People that want to get in, criminals that want to get in, can break a window and get in anyways. But the the point is to make it harder for them to get in. So maybe they, you know, try, it's locked, and they just say, fuck it, I'll go to the next one. Or maybe they try, and it slows them down enough for you to call the police. Or whatever. It. All I'm saying is that, yeah, law criminals don't follow laws. That's the absolute definition of it. However... If you can slow them down or mitigate, slow down the process for them, or um, maybe deter them enough to move on, then that's a win. That's how laws work. That's how that's how they've always worked. And and do they uh, do all laws you know work? No, but there's global evidence that these laws do work. Both Australia and Britain had you know mass shootings in 1996. When Australia had the famous the Port Arthur which was very deadly. I mean, I can't remember, 30-some people died. It was bad. After that, they did a big government buyback. They went bought back guns. They placed harsh gun laws. Since 1996, they have not had another mass shooting. We have more mass shootings than days. More than one a day, we average. So, and they have had zero in almost three decades. So, to say they don't work is lying to yourself. If you're lying to yourself or you're lying to whoever to push an agenda, I don't, whatever your motivation, it's lying still because it's not true. It's not true. Gun laws do work. Those laws have worked famously. And, um, and the same in Britain. They had their mass shooting. I can't remember where it was at, but I know it was, in, it was the same year as, as Australia. And they did the same thing. You know, harsh, strict gun laws. They did a buyback. And they don't have, they haven't had a mass shooting since either. I think they've actually, I think they've had one. They've had one since, but one, okay? I'm sorry, but we have over one every day. In the time you've been listening to this, there has been one already in this country. Now let's talk about the other things, other the other gun deaths that happen that aren't mass shootings, which mass, mass shootings only make up a very small percentage of actual gun violence. Um, uh, the largest percentage is suicide by gun. Now, if you, which honestly, you know, as much as we talk about mental health, especially gun advocates, this number should should be alarming to anybody. But over almost half of all gun gun related, it's like like fifteen or sixteen thousand suicide by gun every year. Now, how are these people that are suicidal getting these guns? Because we're not supposed to sell them to people who have their red red flag. Law should, you know, should kick in and guns should be taken away from people that are, you know, mentally not capable of holding a gun without shooting themselves. I mean, how are there so many of these people that are not mentally stable? How are there so many of them that have guns? I, I just don't, I don't, it's hard for me to imagine that. But anyways, let's, um, let's, com let's go through some of the other arguments excuse me, some are some of the other arguments that people use uh, that uh, are actually ridiculous. Okay, the Chicago argument. And we hear this a lot. Oh, Chicago's got the strictest gun laws on the planet, but look at how much gun violence there is in Chicago. Right, there is a lot of gun violence in Chicago. Nobody's denying that. But, but when you look at it per capita, where do you think Chicago falls 
on on gun violence charts and murder rate charts? Where do you think they fall? Do you think they're number one, two, three, maybe ten in the top ten? They're not. They're not in the top ten. They're not in the top fifteen. They're not in the top twenty or the top twenty-five. They are twenty-eighth, just behind Buffalo. So, yes. Chicago has gun violence, but it also has millions of people in it. So when so when you when you start looking at it per capita, they don't have that much gun violence. People like like a lot of people in my area, they always say they always bring this up, and I'm like, you guys realize that Chicago has more people in it than Iowa. It does. There's more people in that one city than there is in this whole state. So you add up all of the shootings and murders in this whole state of Iowa, and it's more than there is in Chicago. And Iowa is one of the safest states on in the union. The highest murder rate are as followed. St. Louis, Baltimore, Birmingham, Detroit, Dayton, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Kansas City, Memphis, Cleveland. Like I said, Chicago is 28th. Now, of these top 10 or of these top ones that I just named, All but one of them are in a blue or in a red state, and all of them are in a state that has very relaxed gun laws. So, gun laws do work, and ninety-five percent of the shootings that happen in Chicago were made were done with guns that came from outside of Chicago. So, because Chicago is like a ten-minute drive to Indiana, which has one, which is a state with one of the most relaxed gun laws. There's not there's not checkpoints like you don't have to go through a checkpoint to get into the city limits of Chicago so people can go. That's that's just it. Citywide gun laws, statewide gun laws don't really deter. Uh, I mean, they, they probably do help a little bit, but they don't they don't um, stop at all because because there's no like the boundaries are invisible, like from state to state. So they're. So you can go to another state and then come back in without ever being checked or anything. So you can go get like, for instance, where I live, I live in the southeast corner or southeast tip of Iowa. So in the city I live in, there is a bridge that goes to Missouri and there is a bridge that goes to Illinois. I can go to three different states in five minutes. So a state state gun laws don't really help in this area because, you know, Iowa and Iowa doesn't have that strict of gun laws either. But um, like Missouri doesn't definitely doesn't and i'm a one minute drive from missouri illinois has stricter gun laws but the people from illinois are a one minute drive from missouri so uh or iowa where our gun laws are a lot more relaxed too than theirs so that so that argument's kind of um kind of pointless um the states with um the strictest gun laws also have the fewest deaths that is a fact so this the fewest gun deaths are as far or the strictest gun laws they're actually it's it's five of five so massachusetts hawaii rhode island new york and connecticut those are the three or the um the five strictest gun laws and they're also the five fewest gun deaths <laughs> i don't think this is a coincidence um states with uh the most gun deaths have the most relaxed gun laws and it's five of five there, too. And they are as followed. Oklahoma, Alabama, Mississippi, Alaska, and Louisiana. Those are also the top five in gun deaths. It's 
that, guys, this is not, these are not coincidences because it's every single year for as long as we've been keeping statistics every single year. It is this way. It's not a coincidence. Now I understand. I do. I've been around guns my entire life. I understand what you, what you mean. You know, you grew up, you, you know, you grew up shooting your grandpa or your dad taught you to shoot when you were young, you go hunting with your dad, you know, that's our culture. And I understand that. But there has got to be a line drawn somewhere. And so what do you, so what do we do? Where do we go from here? Do we continue to allow our children to be murdered in their schools? Like just sitting there, like sitting ducks, just awaiting, wondering, is today the day I die? Because remember, it is, gun violence is the leading cause of death for young people now. We live in a country where our kids are more likely to die because they got shot than any other reason. That's the reason they die the most. That should be enough right there to say, okay, maybe we need to do something. Maybe we need to find out what it is that Japan does. Find out what it is that the UK does. Find out what it is that Australia does or any other country in Europe, every country has fewer gun deaths than us. Every single one of them. The entire European Union has fewer gun deaths than just the United States. All of Asia has fewer gun deaths than just the United States. So what is it that we do? Do we do nothing? Do we sit complacent? and just allow these guns to run our lives and and make us nervous wrecks every time our children walk out that door to go to school every time they get on that bus do we just wonder and wait is today the day my kid doesn't get off that bus when it comes back around is that what we're going to do that's the life we're choosing to live all because we want to have this right to carry these weapons when the second amendment was written the muzzle loader was the only gun there is there wasn't ar-15s there was but a muzzle loader is not is not a weapon that you can kill multiple people with in a short amount of time it takes time you have to i mean you're we're talking minutes between shots the ar-15 shoots around every time you pull the trigger Pulling the trigger is very easy. People, I mean, the Parkland shooter fired hundreds of bullets in a few minutes. The guy that shot up that uh, country music concert shot thousands of bullets in a few minutes because he had access to a literal arsenal of weapons. All bought legally. Most mass shooters, are, most mass shootings are done with weapons that were bought legally. The Uvalde kid that killed 19 children and two teachers, two or three, bought two AR-15s the day he turned 18 years old and a thousand bullets, 18 years old. And then he went and he killed, you know, shot up a school in his own community. Mental health is a problem yes but we are not the only country that has mental health issues 
but we are the only country that has these school shootings. It's strictly a United States phenomenon, but it's not really a phenomenon, is it? The United States has these problems because of our access to weapons. It's very easy. Gun dealers have to do background checks and whatnot, but there's a gigantic loophole. It's not even really a loophole. Everybody knows about it, and it's very, very easy to use. You, uh, you know, the gun show loophole. Like you can just go to a gun show and buy any weapon without a background check. No wait. You just give them their, your money, and they give you a gun. The Constitution was written over 200 years ago. The genius of the Constitution was that it could be changed as times change. It can be amended. It can grow with the times. That was the genius behind the Constitution. And it has been amended. 26 or 27 times it's been amended. That was the point. Do you think, honestly, do you think that if there was kids getting shot up in school every single day, do you think that our forefathers would say we're keeping the Second Amendment, the, 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 the people that wrote the Constitution, the people that we go back to and say, well, they said that we get to have our guns. Do you think that after seeing these results, this is a hill they would die on? Do you think or do you think maybe they would you know, write something a little differently to maybe save some of their children's lives because the problem I have with the second amendment advocates is the way they use it as a defense to have any gun they want and for there to be no gun laws at all there are people in this country that think that the gun laws are too strict they think they're too strict but you should not send your kids off to school and wonder if you're going to see your kid ever again. And that is the problem that parents face every single day this, in this country. When I was in high school, it wasn't an issue. There was hardly any, and you never heard about it. But I went to high school and graduated before Columbine happened. After Columbine, there's been almost a thousand school shootings. That's almost a thousand after that blueprint was laid down. Almost all of them were committed, you know, by kids. I mean, people that were 18 years old. But but at 18, you can go buy an AR-15, which is the weapon of choice for most school shooters. So why can't we do something about this? Is there something we can do? There is. But is there something that we can all agree on that can be done? Here's the thing. Most people in this country, a majority of people, want stricter gun laws. Most people do. Now, I know there's about 30% of the people that are gun owners that that think, you know, and NRA members that think that, 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 you know, gun laws don't work and whatever. But they do. We have evidence, statistics to prove it. But that's 30%. That's not a majority in a democracy, which is what we are. Don't come at me with the constitutional republic bullshit. We the people makes it a democracy. 
That's why it's a democracy. We vote in the people that make the laws, makes it a democratic country. I never thought I would ever have to get into an argument on whether or not we're a fucking democracy, but I do now because of these nut jobs. But anyways, the in a democracy, the majority rules. But that's not how this country works, unfortunately. Because we have 50 senators right now that stand in the way of keeping millions of kids safe. We have 50 senators that vote no to every bit of gun legislation that we try to fucking pass. When we're trying to get things done, like, you know, on budget and, and taxes and all that other stuff, I get it. Republicans have a different ideal than Democrats, and yes, they want to block it, whatever. But when we're talking about the safety of our children, why can't we all get on the same page? We all have kids. We all have grandkids. We all have people we love that are in schools. Why can't we all agree that they should be safe? And I answer, the NRA spends millions of dollars in campaign contributions. And what they're doing is they're buying that no vote. It is literal bribery, extortion. Because those campaign contributions, that money doesn't come for free. With that money comes an expectation that their interests are served. And if they're not served, that money goes away. On what planet is that not bribery? So what do we do? We hold the politicians accountable. How do we do that? We stop voting for anybody that takes one penny from the NRA, Republicans and Democrats alike. If you have kids and you're worried about their safety, you need to find out where that money's coming from. And if it's coming from the NRA, then you vote for their opponent. You get these assholes out of there that don't even have enough decency to keep our children safe. And if you do vote them in, then you have no reason to complain when another school shooting happens because you helped facilitate it.